Revelation 4, verse 1. It's a familiar passage to us in the house of prayer. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was a was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. This is uh, John's encounter with the Lord. He was there in exile on the island of Patmos, and he actually hears Jesus speaking behind him. He turns around and sees Jesus in his glorified state. The Lord gives him seven admonitions to seven churches. And then, when that's finished, he, hear, he sees a door standing open, and he hears the voice of Jesus saying, come up here, come up here. And uh, I feel strongly in my heart that that word, that come up here, that phrase, that's the exhortation of the Lord to us. The come up here. I feel like the Lord is issuing that. Come up here. I was, uh, I was in Indiana last weekend. And there was all this angelic activity in the room that I was in. In this, uh, in this house of prayer. And I, I was seeing in the eyes of my spirit. I was seeing angelic activity. Things swirling and whirling and angels. And, and the... Uh, the director and his wife, I, I just, I was seeing these angels f- flying around them and particularly around his wife, there's all this spiritual activity. And I told her, I said, you have an angel with you. She, and she screamed. She says, I know. I've been seeing it. I said, I'm seeing it too. And, uh, but there's, we're in a moment right now where the Lord is beckoning to the church, and I feel it's uh, an invitation to us in this community. It's the, it's the come up here. Come up here. The voice like the trumpet is, is sounding loudly. Come up here. Come up here. And uh, there's, some, there's some points about that. There's some thoughts about that. Because that's just not like, uh, the goal isn't to have a pep rally. The goal is to see Jesus. The goal is to encounter Jesus and not just have some charismatic, you know, hype fest. It's actually to encounter the realm of the Spirit and see Jesus. And uh, I'm just, I've just been around enough to where I just don't care if it's not real. I don't care what you're doing. If it's not real, I don't even want to hear about it. I only want to hear about the real thing. I don't want to have another hype thing. I just want real encounter. And I feel like the Lord is issuing real invitations. Come up here. Come up here. It's the voice like the trumpet. It's Jesus. And here's the thing. It's Jesus' voice. It's the voice he heard at first. In Revelation 1, he hears the voice. And he turns to see the voice. And In Revelation 1, it's the voice like a trumpet and here it is again the voice like a trumpet and it's the demand of the lord beloved this is the point it's the invitation but it's more than the invitation it's a command come up john didn't have an option because the next second he's flying 
It's the demand of the Lord that he'd have a people that would come into close encounter with him in his throne. It's the demand of the Lord. So it's more than simply a, a sweet would you, could you. When John was on Patmos that day and he hears the voice behind him, like the sound of thunder, he hears the voice behind him. He doesn't have an option. And we're getting to this place right now in the church where Jesus wants intimacy. He wants close encounters. He wants the veil to grow very, very, very thin between him and his people. And he wants to encounter us with intensity. And so he's issuing the come up here. And beloved, this is not the, well, maybe I will and maybe I won't moment. This is the moment where he's saying, come now. And there's a demand on it. It's an invitation with a demand on it. And this, this is a critical thought because it's not just, like I said, to have a big charismatic pep rally. It will be our salvation. Nearness to the Lord will be our salvation in these days. It will be what saves us in these days. Nearness to his heart. Because as gross darkness, Isaiah 60, as gross darkness covers the earth, the Lord arises on his people with glory. And this is what is our saving grace in this moment. It's nearness to the Lord and the impartation of glory. And there is this invitation that's come up here, the voice like the trumpet, the Lord demanding, commanding his people. And what is he asking for? Come here. He's asking for intimacy. Look at the phrases. Come up here and I will show you things. It's intimacy that breeds revelation. That's what he's looking for. Intimacy, close encounter with his people so that his heart can be expressed into the heart of his people. He wants intimacy and nearness that, brings, that breeds living revelation in the heart of the church. And it's just, I mean, it's just the time has passed for us to have weightless words and empty sayings. We've got to get revelation on our soul that comes from intimacy with the king of kings. It's what we have to have right now. And so he's calling us forth. He's putting a demand. He's saying, come now, come up, come in, and I will show you. I will show you things which must come to pass. And there is a burning in the heart of the Lord for this. There's a burning in the heart of Jesus for nearness with his bride. And so this, this idea, this come up here, it is a statement of God's desires. It's a statement of the fact that God longs for nearness. Please get this. We spend our entire lives, all sorts of endeavors, all sorts of focuses, all sorts of things. And the entire time, the Lord is saying, I want to be with them where they, I want them to be with me where, they, where I am. I want them to be with me where I am. He's asking for nearness. He's asking for intimacy. The Lord's heart is longing for intimacy. Longing for nearness. I just tell you, I'm so clear on this. It is the hour to run headlong into his presence. It, it, it is, I mean, I feel like it is nothing. It is nothing right now to just go an hour and 45 minutes in worship. It's just Nothing. Because this is the eternal God who longs for, he longs for encounter with his people more than you ever dreamed of it. Listen, more than you've ever wanted it, he's wanted you. 
more than you've ever wanted it. He's wanted it with you. This is real, beloved. And this is the hour we're living in, where the Lord is beckoning us close. And all I tell you, there are many, there are so many that are going to have encounters because they're going to go ahead and say, I don't care what it looks like. I want to run headlong into him. I want to I dive into his heart. I want to I quit doing the whole business as usual Christianity thing. I just want to go deep into Jesus. I want to encounter Jesus at a depth. I want the real stuff. I'm tired of a little dabble do me. I'm di- tired of this hamburger help. I want the real thing in Jesus. And they're going to go headlong into him, and he's going to reveal himself. When, when John gets the call, when the call goes forth to John, when the come up here is issued to John, he is in the throne room. Behold a throne and one seated upon it. He's like a jasper and sardis. That's the next sentence. He's there. Oh, he's looking at the uncreated God. Beloved, I tell you that God uh, is not putting that in your heart. He's not putting the desire in your heart to tease you. He's putting the desire in your heart because it's in his heart far more. And he's not putting the desire in your heart to just leave you longing, just leave you aching. He's putting the desire in your heart because it's in his heart and because he wants to fulfill. He wants to bring you near. He wants to encounter you. And that, that thought, that, that, that command to come, the command to come is an expression of his desire. If you can just set yourself aside and just consider that the uncreated God is longing for you. He wants you. He doesn't want a distracted people. He wants you. He's beckoning for us to come. Come up here. Now the idea of this call... It requires an open door. He says, behold, I saw a door open. And then he hears the voice. And here's what I believe. I believe the Lord is releasing that open door. I think that's the moment we're in. We're in the open door moment. And the call is going forth. Revelation 3, 8, 3, 7, and 8. It, it's, it, it, it's the, uh, it's, it's the, uh, the precursor. To what happens in Revelation 4.1. In Revelation 3.8 to the church of Philadelphia. Here's what Jesus says. 3.7 and 8. He says in verse 7. These things says he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See I set before you an open door and no one can shut it. Look at this. For you have a little strength. But you've kept my word. And you've not denied me. Beloved I tell you. Weak people who've been faithful, who've just said yes and, I mean, stumbled over themselves in weakness. This is what's being issued right now to the weak church that's been faithful. You you know, just the, I'm staying steady. I'm staying steady. It doesn't make sense to me or anyone else, but I'm staying steady. I'm going after Jesus. I'm staying faithful. I'm keeping a faithful witness. I'm keeping a faithful testimony. I'm not bowing. I'm not folding. I'm not compromising. That steadiness. And he goes, I see that you're weak. No worries. I've set the door open and no one can shut it. And from that place of the open door comes the, it comes the command. Come up here. And I'm telling you, that's, that's where we're at. I'm sure of it. 
I am so sure of it. And man, I don't know if it's tomorrow or next year or what. I just know that there's this moment to hang in there and lean in with your heart and go after the Lord and push aside the distractions and quit playing games with all these foolish stuffs out here. I'm telling you, we're in a moment right now where this is our, it's our call and it's our necessity. It is our necessity right now to have close encounter with Jesus. Intimacy that breeds revelation. Intimacy that breeds revelation. And I tell you, when his voice is dull in our soul and we can't hear him, we can't perceive him, you must run headlong into him. Because it's intimacy that breeds revelation. Come up here and I will show you things. Come up here and I will show you things. I want him to show me things. I want to see his heart. I want to know his emotions. I want to encounter him. This is the invitation to stand in his counsels. It's what Jeremiah talked about, Jeremiah 23. I'm just giving it quickly. Jeremiah 23, verse 18, he says this, Who has stood in the counsel of the Lord, who has perceived and heard his word, who has marked his word and heard it. And here's the context. He's in the midst of an hour where Israel is under judgment. He's in the midst of a time when the people, their only salvation is to repent and turn to God, yet they will not hear the voice of the prophet. And they have false prophets prophesying peace and safety while the Lord is calling them to repentance at the stakes of judgment. And the Lord says, Who has stood in my counsel and heard my word and marked it? And then he goes down and he says in verse 22, If they had stood in my counsel and caused my people to hear my words, my people would have turned from their evil way. Beloved, this is what we have to have in the church. A bride who will stand in the counsels of the Lord, who will get white hot, burning in intimacy with Jesus, with revelation on her heart, beauty in her eyes, a fascinated soul, totally captivated with Jesus. So with a word, when you release a word that's dosed with the Spirit of the Lord, it penetrates people's hearts, it cuts them to the quick, and they turn. I'm, I'm just over this. I'm going, Lord, I have got to get this on me so that I'm so intimate with you that when I speak a word, it penetrates and people turn. Beloved, this is, this is the call of the church right now. To come up here, come into intimacy, stand with me in my counsel, and declare the word of the Lord. Declare with bold meekness in love, and let it penetrate hearts, and hearts will turn. But it requires us to to lean in, to come. He's demanding it, and we've got to say yes. Lean in, yes. Last verse, and we'll go in, back into worship. I'm just exhorting. I just, I just, I want to provoke right now. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed. He's talking about our natural body. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Look at verse 2. For in this we groan. Earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. 
3, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. 4, for we are in this tent, this tent, this natural body, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. What's he saying there? He's saying this, it's something you already know, but maybe you don't have language for. He's saying this, that in your makeup, in your DNA, there is a knowing and a longing that you're made for more than this. There's a knowing and a groaning on the inside. Uh, there's that, that thing where you're just, not, you're just not fully satisfied with whatever this life offers you. There's that groaning on the inside that says, I want to be clothed with my habitation from heaven. And what is that? A glorified body, a body filled with glory, a body lit up with heavenly power and light and majesty. There's a knowing on the inside, in your soul, in the very fabric of your makeup, that you were made for more in this life, made for more than what's natural, made for more than what you can see. And so we groan, and we long, and we ache, and we desire majesty to clothe us, glory to fill us. And here's what it is. Every human being has this. Every human being has it woven into their DNA. They want to be filled with heavenly fire. They want every fiber of their being to be completely immersed and soaked with the glory of God. That's what you're made for, beloved. That's what we're made for. This is our destiny, to encounter God and to be lit up with glory and light. This is why, that's why you have that thing where you're just not, you're just not satisfied. Come on. I'm telling you, this is real. That's why there's that thing on the inside, that ache. And I'll tell you what, I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're a movie star, a politician, a drug addict. I don't care if they're a prostitute. I don't care if they're a sports figure, an athlete. It doesn't matter. Every human being is created with the same fabric in their DNA. It's longing to be clothed with heavenly glory. We groan in this tent. We groan while we're in this body knowing that we have a habitation that's so much greater than this. So much greater than this. And he goes on to say, and he goes, and we just long. And we'd rather be with him. How does he say it? We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body than to be pleasant, present with the Lord. You just get to this place where you just go, Jesus, I want you more than I want another, another moment on this earth. I want you. I want to be clothed with your presence. Beloved, this is the song of the lovesick heart. You get in contact with that inner ache, that inner longing, and you just go, you know what? I am not going to continue to fill my life with that which doesn't satisfy. I am going to run headlong into his presence, and I don't care if it takes a lifetime. I will scratch the itch in my soul with the very presence of God. That's hail. Thunder behind my voice, Lord! Man, oh, I tell you, there is something about this where we can just get to become a people who are just no longer satisfied with the, just the regular, you know, day in and day out, just going through the motion stuff, but actually having that ache compel us into presence, 
having that ache just just draw us into longing for him. We spend long hours. This is what we're doing here on Sunday nights. We're just cultivating this moment, these times on Sunday nights as a chamber of encounter. And I'm not going to be satisfied until we've got glory falling in this room. I'm serious. This is where we're going. And we've got to get in contact with that desire and just go ahead and just put it on display when we come together. Because I tell you what, he wants it more than you and me. He wants it more than us. This is what we're made for. We're groaning to be clothed with beauty. We're groaning to be clothed with majesty. We want to be possessed with the very manifest glory of God. We're groaning. We're hardwired with these desires for glory upon our frames. This is who we are. And we're, here's, the, here's where it comes back down to, bottom line. You are made with this. You are made with a hunger. You are made with a hunger for full disclosure of the person of God. Your soul is made. He made you this way with a longing for full disclosure of himself. To know his nature, to know his emotions, to know his glory, to know his love, to know his majesty, to know his joy, to know his pleasure, his splendor, his fire, his beauty. You're made with a longing for full disclosure. And we live behind a veil. Oh, but in a moment, face to face. Guys, just a moment. The veil's going away. Just a moment. I mean, it's just a moment. The veil's going away. And every dream that's buried in your soul will find its realization when you gaze into the eyes of fire and the face like a sun. Your soul is longing for full disclosure. These are the desires within us that we've got to learn to touch and we've got to learn to let them compel us. Not the desires of the flesh. Not the lusts that are the twisted. What they are is the twisted manifestations of the longings of the soul for God. Lust in the flesh. It's the twisted manifestations of the longings of your soul for God. You were made for God. Don't go after the lust of the flesh. Go after those longings and those groanings in your soul. This is what we're made for, encounter. And that's why an hour and 45 minutes, it seems so reasonable. It just seems so reasonable to me. Because it's beautiful. But my soul tells me there's more. It's glorious. But on the inside, I know we haven't even scratched the surface. So my encouragement, my exhortation is this. The call is going forth. I believe there's an open door. The call is going forth to come up here. And my exhortation is obey that longing on the inside, that compelling desire to go after God, to encounter God. And just, you know, let's break the box of of average Christianity. Let's just break whatever the, the format, you know, in our mind is. Let's just break that and say we want encounter with Jesus. That's what we're here for. That's what we desire. Let's just stand.
It's a come up here moment. It is a come up here moment. He's already got us in an altar call. I'm not doing an altar call because he's already got us in one. And so, Lord, I'm asking, would you release the realm of the Spirit right now? Release the activity of angels even in a greater way right now, right now, right now. God, even that whirlwind of Ezekiel 1, that glory cloud, Lord, what filled the temple in the days of Solomon, God, what filled the tabernacle with Moses even now, Lord, we know that there's so much more available That what Moses had was no glory compared to what's available now. God, I'm asking, do it. Do it. And I pray, God, prick our hearts. Prick our hearts and get us in tune with a hunger on the inside that compels us into encounter. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. We want to love you, Lord. This is it. This is what we're doing tonight. It's Jesus. It's about Jesus tonight. This is it. We're going to engage with Jesus tonight, beloved. Come, Holy Spirit. We want to love you. We want to worship you.